0: To Expounded Universe Special Edition, Part 2, Episode 5. Only Hools Rush In, or Hools the Boss. The book, Galaxy of Fear Eaten Alive. The author, John Whitman. The year, 1997. Chapters 17 through 20. These are the final chapters. Let's go! Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Expanded Universe Novel Discussion Podcast, where we get together and discuss Expanded Universe Star Wars novels on a podcast. I'm your host, Jeff, and joining me as always, I hope, I'm I'm hoping he didn't go to bed in the five seconds since I haven't heard him talk, (laughs) uh, John.
1: Oh, it's entirely likely. It might have happened.
0: (laughs) I've got a Schrodinger's John on my show with me now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, anytime I'm not talking, I might be asleep.
0: Yeah, if you leave John alone in a room with a bed, uh, there is exactly a 50% chance he'll just immediately go to sleep in it. Oh, Uh, yeah. Yeah, if you close the door, then there's a quantum state of John in there. Maybe he's asleep, maybe he's awake. The problem It can't be exactly 50-50, though, because even when awake, John is 75% asleep.
1: Well, yeah, see, the thing is, (laughs) there's the chance that I am both awake and asleep, and you only find out when you open the door but the longer you wait to open the door the higher the chance i am asleep is
0: that's true it's not quite like waiting for a cesium ion to decay it's waiting for a lazy man to lie down they're 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 very different
1: yes i have a much shorter (laughs) half-life
0: uh okay so uh how are you otherwise how you doing
1: i'm doing okay it is it's warm But that's fine, because we got an inflatable pool that you can put hose water in.
0: Yep, I've got one of those as well, I believe, as I speak. There's a naked little two-year-old in there, just splashing around, and I think she may also be eating a banana. Oh, great. Yeah, she's multitasking.
1: That's what you like to see. That's Mm -hmm. an advanced level.
0: Yeah. Uh, I spent the morning trying to teach myself to play piano with nothing but a book of children's songs. Uh, for piano, and knowledge of which key is C. Wow. That's all I know. Uh, Man,
1: I don't even know which key is C, so you definitely got that on me.
0: <laughs> so, you know how keyboards on a piano go three key. The, the black part goes three keys, two keys, three keys, two keys? Sure, why not? Uh, I believe the, the key to the immediate left of the two keys that are black uh, is C. And That's going from that and nothing else. I've been trying to uh, learn how to play piano with a book of children's music that does not have a section at the beginning that explains the keys. Good. Uh, It has been going medium well. So far, I can play Itsy Bitsy Spider and Kumbaya.
1: Wow. That's better than I would have done, which is to say I would not have tried.
0: (laughs) Well, I was on baby duty. And she was in the backyard playing in her newest toy, which is one of the a ball pit. Ooh. I know, right? Out there in her ball pit, and I was just sitting there with a piano and I was like, fuck it or keyboard. And I was like, fuck it, let's do this. Let's figure this shit out. How hard can it be to learn to write to read music?
1: Yeah, how hard can that be?
0: Incredibly hard, as it turns out, because I kept having to skip songs in the book if like the notes were like hollow on the ass part. Or if they were like (laughs) upside down or had weird little connecting lines on them or anything. Anything other than just note. I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Moving on.
1: I absolutely love that as a musical term, though. Hollow on the ass part. That's great.
0: (laughs) That's how all vanilla ice jams go. They're a little, they're good. He's got flow, but they're a little hollow on the ass part. (laughs) Woo! And that's how everyone's doing. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Also, we did spend a lot of this afternoon uh, running some friends through a guided construction of Sentinels characters. True. I was just teaching people how to play that game because I really like it. And although the game isn't available for sale yet or anything, I have Kickstarter PDFs and stuff. So without giving them away, I walked people through some guided character creation because I wanted them to see a good hero game. And then I gave up on that shit and read the final four chapters of Galaxy of Fear. (laughs)
1: Yay!
0: Uh, Which, speaking of, maybe that's a good place for us to go and have a conversation. Mm, I guess. Uh, Well, anyway, we start in the underground laboratory. Uh, At the end of the last episode, our heroes were defeated by the Enzine. That's just Zack Tash and Smatta the Hutt, who were in the middle of a disagreement. When the yeah. Enzine came out of the woods and captured them all and dragged them to somewhere. And now we know where.
1: Yeah, they, uh, I don't know why they brought along D.V.'s lifeless husk. I mean, is a droid. It's not like they were going to feed the droid to the planet. The planet doesn't care.
0: I mean, does it or does? I mean, we never established whether Devaloran is even, like, organic. Or anything it's just a planet that eats people, and as these chapters establish it's got like dirt tentacles and stuff, so i don't know if it really needs to eat flesh or if it could just eat whatever matter you feel like throwing down there, just any old matter.
1: well, I believe it would have already eaten d v had it wanted to
0: well, maybe it just doesn't care for non organic matter, but like you know it's like it's like if if d v your d v would be Indian food. <laughs> like, maybe you'd eat it if you were forced to, but otherwise, no. Good. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I get it now. I
1: understand Devourin much better now. I feel like (laughs) me and Devourin, really, we click.
0: (laughs) I hear that Devourin also does not like Indian food.
1: I hear that Devourin doesn't like niblets of corn.
0: (laughs) Yeah, your loose corn thing is wild. I didn't even... (laughs) It didn't even occur to me to to bring it up. (laughs) Ah.
1: My my horrible opinion about loose corn.
0: John will eat corn if it's attached, if it's on cob, but will not eat corn if it's off cob.
1: Yeah, corn off cob? How dare you?
0: <laughs> this is a, a paradox, of course, because the moment he takes a bite of corn, it is no longer on cob, uh, creating him creating a state in which he has loose mouth corn, which I don't know how he gets through.
1: Well, you see in every bite i take a little bit of the cob with me
0: (laughs) that would be awful (laughs) that'd be like eating a little bit of your plate every time you take a bite of something (laughs) that's on it
1: (laughs) well maybe my plate's delicious are we in a willy wonka situation or what
0: yeah we're in we're in a willy wonka situation your plate is uh made of candy yeah yay candy Candy's delicious. Candy is delicious. They get dragged to the underground laboratory. Now, one question I keep asking myself is, if there's only one underground laboratory on Devourin, uh, which is just this little hole under a tree where a hobbit might live, why didn't the Enzine like, set up their encampment and their like city to attract food to anywhere else on the planet? I
1: mean, I figure they wanted to be near the like... I guess the one thing that's basically a mouth for this thing.
0: I mean, everything on the planet's a mouth for the thing. It opens up uh, holes under people and eats them wherever they happen to be. I guess maybe they have some sort of, like, capacity to communicate with Devourin through here, although that's never established.
1: No, I assume they just want to be near this, because, like, they immediately tell them that, like, oh, yeah, everyone else probably just suffocated in dirt when they got pulled underground, but this is an actual place where you will be put into where Devourin actually digests things. Mm-hmm. So I guess they stay around in case they need to throw something directly into its gaping digestive maw.
0: Yeah, like maybe every once in a while something even bigger than a hut comes through to visit. Like one of them 30 meter tall flower guys Yeah, from, one that, of- from that one book.
1: You know, sometimes you get a guy and he's like 120 feet tall and you're like, hey, my dude, why don't you come with me? Get in this tiny hole.
0: Welcome to my tiny planet. Would you like to squeeze into this hole and then down the secondary hole?
1: Boy, well, would I? That's you had my me. species whole thing.
0: You had me at squeeze into a hole.
1: <laughs> my species entire thing is about squeezing into holes because one of us did that once.
0: Uh, I mean, ultimately kind of samesies, right?
1: Hey now. Welcome.
0: Whoa. Hey. hey. Pro- <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> Recreational procreation. Uh okay, so so yeah, they're down in there now and they have like a a gantry crane thing that they're they've already put Zack and Tash onto and they plan to kind of use a, a lift to shove it out over this big open pit to devourin.
1: Oh. I mean, the way it sort of looks to me is like they've got one of those rope bridges.
0: like from indiana jones or that one scene in chipmunk adventure yeah it's like that but
1: they can lower
0: it all right you three get out there and sing woolly bully (laughs) uh zach and tash were already on it but then they use like a crane lift to dump smata onto the onto the uh, platform as well
1: well yeah because you know he's big and also he's just thrashing around in his uh net
0: yeah, that's a strong net. I, one of the things we've established through years of reading Star Wars stuff is that huts are fucking immensely strong.
1: Yeah, huts ripped.
0: Every hut is like goddamn power lifter, but also you know a four meter long superworm, So they're all th- just completely jacked, and and probably should be able to snap their way out of whatever. Like that's the the whole thing with them is that they're crime bosses for a reason. If they were like, oh, I'm a weak little slug, I'm I'm harmless and mostly made out of jelly fat, then, (laughs) you know, their second in command would be constantly killing them. Uh, yeah.
1: But maybe, you know, maybe this is a shit, because, I mean, he got exiled, so maybe is just a shit
0: hut. It could be. Maybe he got exiled for not being ripped enough. (laughs) They're like, bro, (laughs) you ain't been lifting, you're out. (laughs) (laughs) that's that's the whole trial was like, yeah, bro, we deem you insufficient efficiently flexing to uh live amongst us doodly, huts
1: you gotta go out into the universe and uh come back with some gains, bro, <laughs> uh,
0: objection, my client would like to note that huts are hermaphroditic and therefore not doodly
1: <laughs> uh sustained,
0: yeah, you present sick arguments. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, so they get put out there, and of course, uh, Zach, for some reason, still has his board, and so Chew's like, hey, what are you idiots? Go grab that thing.
0: Get that fucking board away from him. I thought I told you to do that. Apparently, Zach is wearing some sort of board harness that he can magnetically attach his skimboard to the back of.
1: I guess. I mean, that's just sweet, though. If you got a it sweet is a- magnet backpack...
0: Think about that, how rad that would be. What if you... Because that thing has side and bottom engines on it. That means he's essentially wearing a jetpack. I know, right? You could just kick that thing in for a push upwards and just you, take off with it. But unfortunately, because this book is aimed at 10-year-olds and skateboarding is way the fuck cooler than jetpacks to 10-year-olds, he never even occur, that never even occurs to him.
1: That's so, so sad. Jetpacks yeah, are way
0: cooler. In the... Uh, in the parlance of the Hut Council, that's bogus.
1: <laughs> the Hut Council hath spoken.
0: <laughs> GTR, bro. Wait, isn't it GTL? Yeah, GTL, bro. Excuse me. <laughs> Huts don't wear clothes, so we don't do laundry. Therefore, no L. The R stands for um, rolling uh, around and things.
1: <laughs> wowzers! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Really, just going off the reservation here.
0: I'm <laughs> okay. rolling around in things.
1: Whew. So, yeah, that's, it's time for Chud to basically just do his villain gloating. Mm-hmm. He's just like, so you wanted to know the secret of devouring? It is here, from this place. And you're like, oh, God, Chude, yeah.
0: just but we've- murder me. We finally get all the shit that we needed to know. Uh, Devourin was made by people a long time ago, obviously Imperials. Uh, they abandoned the planet at some point, probably because it lost their interest, or maybe the planet ate them. We're not sure. The, uh, the planet is full-on alive and has, like, a stomach at the middle of it that eats whatever, and now they're going to get dropped onto the stomach. And apparently when you're dropped onto the stomach, like, it takes a while to digest you. I mean, it's
1: basically... Sarlacc pit rules in that if you go in through this like weird opening, then it slowly digests you. And I think it slowly digests everyone it takes, but it also has to like drag them through dirt first. So most people just suffocate to death before they are slowly digested.
0: That's the thing that's getting me here because ultimately. I mean, spoiler alert, a bunch of Enzine are about to fall in the hole, and it just describes them as disappearing into dirt at the bottom of the hole.
1: Well, so, we'll get into why that might be.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they are getting ready to lower them in, and obviously SMAT is not cool with this. Smata's all yelling like, oh, I'll give you four million credits, Chude. I'll buy you your own planet. And Chud doesn't doesn't even say, Bro, I got my own planet. I I live on my own planet. It eats people.
1: Yeah. And also, what am I going to do with a different planet that doesn't eat people? My entire food system is sticking my weird venom tongue in the ground and slurping dirt, my bro.
0: I'm really curious. Do you think he can slurp dirt on planets that don't eat people? I mean, I can... I can assume that he
1: can put his Venom tongue into dirt on other planets, but Mm -hmm. then it would just be dirt down there and he'd be like, ew, dirt.
0: (laughs) I wonder what happens if humans try to eat the dirt on Devourin then. Like if Zach were to just pick up a big pile of dirt and take a bite, what do you think that is? Like apple crumble?
1: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) The crust of Devourin is just apple crumble. And it's different desserts as you go down.
0: Well, it's crumble on top, because that's just dirt and loose soil. But then when you get to the hard pack, that's like the apple cake.
1: Yeah, and then, of course, once you get to the core, that's peach cobbler. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the liquid magma center is mostly cobbler and, and, uh, I don't know, hot custard.
1: Yeah, it's mostly nickel and cobbler. (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, so Smat is yelling his, like, various threats and promises at chewed who doesn't give a shit. And chewed orders that the three of them be lowered into the pit.
1: Yeah, and you know, Tash's all woe is me. I I should have tried harder to make people listen. And at least Zach's like, no, it's not. It's not your fault. We're the ones who were like, ah, you you dummy, nothing's <laughs> happening.
0: I mean, ultimately, they shouldn't be blaming themselves. Either of them. I mean. Tash is like, oh, it's my fault. I did this. And Zach is like, no, it's all our fault. And I really wanted the two of them to be like, oh, no, wait, this is fucking Hool's fault.
1: Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Hold on. We didn't have a choice coming here.
0: Yeah, our babysitter brought us here, kicked us out of our nice safe ship, and then disappeared in the forest after leaving us with this nasty dirt vampire. What the... This isn't either of our fault. I mean, honestly,
1: even if the planet wasn't alive and the Enzine weren't like ridiculous dirt parasites there's still the fact that Hul was like yo i've met this alien for five minutes you should live at his house bye
0: <laughs> and we're about to establish that Hul was here to investigate this whole thing this is yeah. why this is why Hul was here and so he knew full well that this planet was immensely unsafe and yet <laughs> Uh Yeah, so speaking of which, as they're being lowered down and saying all their woes is me's and what have you, uh, the Enzine that took the skateboard away from Tash clocks chewed over the head with it.
1: Yeah, she looks up and she's like, oh, all these Enzine are looking so hungry and menacing at me. Except that one. That's weird. Anyway, oh shit, I was right. It's Hool as an Enzine and he's here to hit a dude.
0: Yeah, so he... He smacks Chewed with a skateboard, uh, and then he gets jumped by all the Enzine as soon as they realize what's happening, but he turns into a ferocious Wookiee. You'd think there would be... A bigger thing he could do? Like,
1: something else that would be more, I don't know, efficient to murder things? Because also, he can just change shape to whatever. He doesn't have the conservation of mass.
0: I don't know if we've established that yet in this story, but we will in the second to last chapter of the book. He turns into a fucking mouse that weighs what a mouse weighs.
1: Yeah, he's he's not just a shapeshifter. Who is magic?
0: Yeah, he's got magic shapeshift. So you you think, think
1: he could just turn into a crate dragon at that point?
0: I know. They, obviously, they've seen them because DV keeps trotting out his impression of them. Yeah. but But no, apparently... Wookiee is the best he can think of. And I'm like, come on, dude. You, there's no way you don't know what a Rancor is or a crate Dragon. Or, hell, even in the first chapter of this book, you turned into a slavering beast monster to scare Zack. <laughs> you just, dick. Just do that again. But nope. a oh. oh, Wookiee, he will be. But luckily, uh, apparently these blue little Enzine guys are pillowy soft marshmallow boys. Because as they rush him, he just sort of idly pushes them into the hole.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do think the book is trying to be like, Wookiees are rad. Like, you're a ten-year-old. You like skateboarding and Wookiees, right? That's your thing?
0: Yeah, the only thing I like more than skateboarding and Wookiees is skateboarding (laughs) Wookiees. Well, get ready for it. (laughs) That's the second book in the series. Galaxy of Fear, Skateboarding Wookiees.
1: But, yeah, he manages to uh, get the pendant away from Toot as well. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets the pendant away from Chud. Uh He's holding it aloft triumphantly and, and trying to figure out a way to rescue the kids when Chude jumps him again. And the pendant goes flying into... Oh, no, wait, I think he gets the pendant again, does Chude? So they fight over it a bit, but eventually Chude is knocked into the pit.
1: Yeah, because, uh, you know, he is fighting off the other Enzine. Mm-hmm. And he's basically doing fine but then chewed like uh gets him from behind with a metal pipe and is like fuck you buddy mm-hmm. and who god bless him at this point he got knocked silly so that he's no longer a wookiee he's just a regular old shido yeah. but even then he still manages to fight against him but chewed just sort of slips and falls into the pit I this s- is why star wars needs osha
0: yeah, right? There should just be a railing around this thing. I mean, granted, this is an organic pit, probably carved out of the planet by the planet itself, so railing, who would bother? But uh, but I totally get it. you're right, Star Wars needs Osha. Can I just float something, John? These are fat little blue guys who don't seem to be especially strong and use their long proboscis tongues to stick into the earth. Mm-hmm. Do you think that he, the uh, author pitched Ortolans for this and got shot down?
1: I don't know what an Ortolan is,
0: so oh, maybe. Well- by all means, allow me to elucidate on one of the many species of Star Wars for you. Uh, Max, <laughs> Max Rebo is an Ortolan. He's that little oh, blue okay. elephant guy in Jabba's Palace.
1: Yeah, no, he's a hooter from Captain EO. I get it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Do you, do you think that that was maybe the original pitch? And he was like, look, they're little blue guys with elephant trunks, and they stick the elephant trunks into the earth and drink mightily of its... I don't know, earth juice. Uh, I
1: want Hooter from Captain EO to come here and be a a villain in my weird horror book about a planet that eats people named Devourin.
0: And they're like, "No, you know
1: what? (laughs) The back half of that. Sure. Not so sure about the front half though.
0: We're holding the Yortolan species in case someone needs them for something else. (laughs) Uh, so we can't let you have them as dirt sucking weak little aliens. Uh, can you make it so it's not their nose? And he's like, gotcha. No more notes.
1: (laughs) Say no more. (laughs) I've already written the book.
0: (laughs) He just did a find and replace.
1: Uh. Uh,
0: Okay. So, so yeah, uh, Jude gets defeated and is tumbles into the pit, but unfortunately he had the pendant. Oh no.
1: So below them, the planet has, (sighs) I guess, sort of, m- like, magma dirt that is its flesh? Like
0: They keep they saying st- magma or lava, but it can't be magma or lava, because how would that slowly digest you over months and months?
1: Well, yeah, they say, basically, magma and lava, but then also call it, like, churning mud and dirt. So it's... Like, I assume that maybe it's just flowing in sort of the same way that like lava would, but is looks like dirt, man. I don't know.
0: There's a term for that. I remember hearing about in like some college geology class at some point about uh, how dirt can like become effectively fluid at significantly large enough scales and with enough like vibrational energy applied to it. So it could just be like earthquaking itself up into a dirt soup frenzy.
1: Man, maybe... I love that album.
0: <laughs> Good old Dirt Sloop Frenzy. Uh, whose album is that? L- Lou Reed? Devo? What are we doing here?
1: <laughs> Who are we going with on
0: this one? What's the joke?
1: <laughs> what, what is the joke?
0: <laughs> we got to triangulate this joke. Uh, uh, okay. In- anyway, I-, I mean, ultimately, also, it could just be that the pit is deep enough that it goes down to the magma center, which is, as we established, hot custard. <laughs> Hot brown custard.
1: Oh, no. This planet is farting up hot brown custard.
0: Shoot, is it too late to add a third name? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, the uh, as the NZ get knocked into the pit, they kind of just get swallowed up by this churning dirt mass, which is also kind of starting to send up tendrils of physical dirt.
1: goop. Yeah, it has enough like, I guess, ability to control itself, that it can make, like, dirt tentacles. So it's not just the planet is alive and can, like, open holes and do stuff like that. Like, Mm -hmm. it can actually form stuff, kind of.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you someone else who can't open holes. That's Shia LaBeouf. That movie bombed. Oh, oh, small Shia LaBeouf burn in the middle of this. Ooh, little, little Shia burn hmm And now I'm gonna spend the rest of my life running for my life. <laughs> from Shia LaBeouf.
1: Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf?
0: <laughs> I'm gonna end up in a kung fu fight with Shia LaBeouf. Mm. Uh, okay, so so uh this at this is a point where Zach suddenly has a realization that it may save them and he's like, Hul, the skim board. Can you send it down? Gimme that scrim
1: board. Because the uh, the crane got damaged in the fight, so he can't just like crane them up.
0: Right, and obviously the movie or the uh, the book can't be about how a crane saved the day when the book is aimed at ten year olds. It's either got to be a Wookiee or a skateboard that saves the day.
1: And it's sort of both. So good. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so he throws the skimboard down there, and very he takes his time. It makes this whole thing out about how uh, uh Hool takes his time to kind of calculate so he doesn't miss and just throw the skateboard into, you know, Devourin.
1: Yeah, well, you know.
0: And then throws it down to them, and Zack's like, okay, how am I going to get out of here? This only floats like three meters above the ground, and the pit is six meters below the ground.
1: Oh, yeah, and also he has to fucking fix it. So, you know, you've got that tension as the goop of Devourin is slowly rising.
0: Yeah, so the goop is rising, the skateboard has to be fixed, and also Smata's still kicking around, and he keeps trying to steal the skimboard so he can escape on it.
1: Oh yeah! Like the second he's like, "Oh hey, uh, I finally fixed it. We're able to go," and he's like, "Ah, oh, give me that board." <laughs>
0: I just wanted, rather than the fight to even go on, for to have like, like ta- Zach just pick up the skateboard and be like, "Dude, the weight limit is like eighty pounds. This is for a ten-year-old." <laughs>
1: I just love
0: (laughs) no offense, bro,
1: that like they actually ask beforehand. They're like, oh, but how are we going to get, you know, Smata out? And he's like, "Ah, I intend to leave you behind. Give me the board. And they still make two more attempts after this to try and maybe save him.
0: Right. Uh, It it doesn't work. He keeps trying to grab the board away from them and yelling about how he's going to steal it. And they're going to die and then eventually he overextends himself, topples over, and falls in the pit.
1: Yeah, he does eventually, like, when they turn it on and it goes up, he, like, grabs hold of the sides of the board, sort of like D.V. did, except he is a hut and not a little protocol droid-type thing. So he's basically just slowly pulling them down into the goop.
0: Right. And they more or less kick him loose to his death, and he falls screaming about Nerf dung or Bantha herding or whatever the fuck. And vanishes into the earth of Devourin. Yeah, th- but they're still presented with a problem that can only be solved by foreshadowed skateboarding tricks.
1: Finally, the <laughs> the for no reason half a chapter description of how skateboarding sweet lip tricks work finally pays
0: off. I still greatly appreciate how an entire chapter of this book is dedicated to telling us how uh the best trick you can do on the skimboards is to try and go up a wall, and it almost never works.
1: Well, it it can work, but man, it's it's how high you can go that really matters, and the record is five meters, but this is six meters up.
0: Also, no one's ever tried to do it with a passenger before, and I'm like, okay... Are we supposed to assume that, yes, the the entire sport, of the galactic sport of skimboarding, no one has ever tried with a passenger before? Or is it more like no one I'm aware of, and keep in mind that I'm an insular, shitty 12-year-old, has ever tried to do this?
1: Oh, it's one of those things like when you're a little kid and you think you're super hot at something. Like, you're playing Mario Kart and you get a really good time and you're like... I bet that's a world record. I bet no one's beat this level with Bowser faster than that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So basically we're getting a little look into his head. where He's like, no one in the history of skimboarding has tried to skimboard their big sister up a wall. This is impossible. But I must do it. I
1: must do it.
0: (laughs) Uh, And indeed, indeed he does. I mean, there's a whole bunch to it. They, he shoots over towards the wall. Apparently, they start skimboarding right as the point where the wall is getting or they, their platform is being overtaken by the dirt, because there's no description of him suddenly losing altitude when he goes off the platform.
1: Hmm, hmm, hmm.
0: So he skimboards over the dirt of Devourin, hits the wall, and just rockets ten meters up into the air. Which again, I, I keep thinking he, they describe this as like a feat of sporting prowess, but really, it's just that Chewbacca messed with his engines.
1: Oh yeah. It's it's great to me that they're like, no one ever gets whatever distance, and I'm like, someone has to have been like, yo, I've got a non-street legal skim board, and this fucker can shoot me, like, into space, so, meh.
0: Yeah, you'd think someone would have just mounted a regular-ass fucking repulsor lift on one of these things and just turned it into a a, a regular car. <laughs> You see no, that some
1: I got me a car with a skimboard taped to the top of it. Let's go.
0: I mean, you see this from time to time. You see those guys skateboarding through a neighborhood, you can always tell cuz they sound loud as fuck, who have like a longboard skateboard that they've attached like a lawnmower engine to. Oh
1: my god, I hate that shit. They took the handlebars off of a Razor scooter and took a lawnmower engine and attached it to a skateboard and they're like, "Look at me make a lot of noise and go sort of faster."
0: Yeah, so you know someone has done that same kind of dirtbag shit to one of these skimboards. I mean, ultimately, we we do know that Alderaan, prior to being blown up, was a roughly equal measure, like, gauzy nobility and inbred hicks. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so, you know, maybe he just didn't even know about the the Alabama parts of Alderaan Mm. and was... (laughs) Alabama-ron, as it was called. That was the... Oh, Alabama-ron. <laughs> Alabama-ron.
1: Alabama-ron.
0: <laughs> I felt a voice as if a great number of, of... I felt such pain as if a great number of voices cried out at once and then were silenced. And a lot of them were racist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd just like to take this moment to say not everyone from Alabama is racist. That is a horrible stereotype, but we understand that the South has problems. Thank you.
0: Uh, notably, Continue. I was I was not talking about Alabama, but Alabamaron, a fictional... I'm sorry,
1: co- Alabamaron?
0: Alabamaron is a fictional country on the fictional planet Alderon, where everyone is racist. <laughs>
1: where everyone is racist.
0: <laughs> was racist, of course. They all died in the year 0 BBY.
1: Of course. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so...
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> they get They out. managed to get out, but... It seems as though all of the nasty churning molten mud lava is still coming out and it's sort of pouring out of the hole. Mhm. Mm-hmm. The planet's and the getting whole wilder. Planet's getting shaky. And apparently Hul's like, "Oh, it ate the pendant and it don't like that pendant."
0: Yeah, so it's it's basically ate something that's going to give it terrible gas and now we're going to die to planet farts.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> this this planet just ate a pendant, and it doesn't have any Tums left.
0: <laughs> I would have loved it if they had fixed this problem by just throwing a <laughs> tube of rollades into the pit. Oh, oh thanks. Uh, do you have Pepto-Bismol? Or, <laughs> as I like to call it, Sootho-Pink?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: References. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they're like, Hool's like, hey, kids. I had to wait to do all this stuff so I could learn what was going on on the planet. Anyway, let's never talk about that again. Hey, can that skimboard carry the three of you? Yes, it can. But we can't leave you here, Uncle Hool. Oh, <laughs>
1: don't you worry about that. I'm going to turn into a tiny mouse and jump on you, and this will not appreciably change the weight in the skimboard, which means I'm magic.
0: Yeah, he's magic. And not only that, but he's dumb for a magic guy. Turn into a fucking bird, buddy. You could have skipped this whole problem.
1: Yeah, well, you know, (laughs) I thought that's what he was going to do in the first place when he was like, oh, don't worry about me. I was like, oh, he's going to turn into like some giant bird and fly above them. I get it. And then when he turned into a mouse, I went, no. No, don't be magic, that's stupid.
0: I mean, ultimately, if he's got enough wealth of Star Wars knowledge, he could have turned into that fucking dragon thing from the second Ewok movie and just flown down there and got them.
1: But he is not.
0: Nope, nope, he's, he probably hasn't even been to the forest moon of Endor, making him one of about three people in the entire galaxy who has not crash-landed there at least once.
1: Uh, I have to assume that one of these Galaxy of Fear books has to take them there.
0: Oh, like, yeah. there's Ab-
1: no way you don't meet some Ewoks in this.
0: Absolutely not. There is, There is, you're right, there is absolutely no way there aren't some Ewoks. Uh, uh, anyway, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we, they, <laughs> they, they start fleeing for the ship.
1: They get out from their little rabbit hole, and the entire planet is freaking out. Like, the entire ground is boiling, trees are sinking into it, there's liquid Dirt bubbles that are popping.
0: Yeah, everything is falling apart. The planet is effectively collapsing in on itself, and it is still desperate to catch and kill them in particular.
1: Oh, yeah, it's got little mud tendrils that are trying to get in their path.
0: Yeah, you'd think you could just skip that and just, you know, concentrate on being a big burpy mess, and then eventually they'll just die in the accidents it's causing all over the place. But uh, they, it, it's got to be both. They get chased to the shipyard where all the other ships are already starting to get buried into the mud tendril or whatever uh, but the the light runner is still okay at least as they make their approach.
1: yeah, I guess the light runner was parked I suppose more towards the middle of the spaceport because the spaceport's still like up <laughs> but yeah it's uh it is getting devoured.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the, the the spaceport's getting eaten as they get there. They manage to get to the ship. They get into the ship. They Hul uh, the, the jumps off the skateboard, turns into a Shido again. Uh, everyone's getting on board. They fire up the engines and put them to max, but it's too late. The pl- the uh, light runner has already started to sink into the surface of the earth, and yeah. they all di- and they all die. And and uh, folks, <laughs> the that's the end. Okay, we'll see you next week
1: <laughs> with a story about a different Zach and Tash. <laughs>
0: As established, each one of these books is about two Zachs and Tashes. I'm sorry, one Zach and Tash per book.
1: Yes. Except uh, for the third book.
0: The third book is is too many Zachs and Tashes.
1: (laughs) The third book, however, is oddly about some sort of Celtic ritual with masks involving turning kids into bugs. It was a weird (laughs) departure.
0: (laughs) But don't worry, you can still see the first movie playing in a TV screen at one point. (laughs) Book. Uh, You can still see the first book. Uh, Okay,
1: so... Yes, they are trapped in the uh, goopy lava mud of Devourin. And, of course, Zack is a little shit. He's like, well, I don't think my skim board's gonna help with this one. And I'm like, oh, fuck you, Zack. You're all gonna (laughs) die. Quit making stupid quips.
0: (laughs) I really wanted him to just blame Tash here and be like, man, if you hadn't spent time pretending to be a Jedi in the cockpit... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Everything would be fine. Uh, oh,
1: but we don't need your help, Zach. Look up there, a saucer-shaped ship that is a Corellian freighter with surprising agility.
0: It sure Why... seems to be beat up, though.
1: Man, it sure is doing moves that any regular pilot wouldn't be able to.
0: It must most be Dash Rendar aren't. and
1: the hand solo
0: and neither is this one here comes dash rendar in the outrider
1: hey cool
0: and then he is here (laughs) dash rendar on the outrider shows up and immediately plows into the mud
1: (laughs) just and immediately plows the planet just gets (laughs) balls deep in there
0: oh man lebo's all like oh hey what's up dv or whatever Uh, i'm the other sarcastic star wars droid how you be Anyway, Uh, my master's here to bang this dirt planet. You're cool with that, right?
1: Everyone's cool with that, but especially the
0: planet. What's up, bro? Dash Rendar. I heard this planet has the biggest hole in the world, which is perfect because I've got a monster dong. (laughs) All right, Dash Rendar out. Actually, Han Solo's here.
1: Uh, Yeah. So they have to just pop out the top of the Light Runner to try and get into the Falcon. Mm-hmm. So they They've, are, they're just going to lose their ship here.
0: Yeah. They're abandoning the light runner, which is fine. Cause that was a crappy name. Uh, and they are going to get on board the Falcon with Chewbacca's help. Cause he's just hanging out at that bottom hatch that they pulled like Luke in from and so on and just yanking them on board the ship.
1: Oh yeah. Cause you know, it's a Wookiee and he can do whatever.
0: Of course. We already established they're strong enough to push around puffy little blue marshmallow fellows. Um, Ooh, marshmallow fellows. Hey John, is it too late for us to start a cool club?
1: <laughs> oh, please. Like I'm not already a founding member of the Marshmallow Fellows.
0: <laughs> Do you call yourselves the Marshmallow Fellows or just the Marsh Fellows?
1: <laughs> no, there's a different group of mud people that call themselves the Marsh Fellows.
0: Oh, I bet they're like your natural adversaries.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. They're,
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're pulling Louisiana pranks.
1: Swamp Folk. <laughs> and they're the Marsh Fellows.
0: Yeah, not you, though. You're a Marshmallow Fellow
1: exactly
0: (laughs) uh okay so they all get pulled on board the ship han is spending a bunch of time up in the cockpit talking about how long this is taking uh it all it's supposed to be very dangerous but it feels like there's no sense of danger at all largely because it's very weird that the falcon would show up at this point anyway
1: well they (laughs) they do address because they're like oh it's lucky we came by luck nothing luke said we should come back and see how you were doing That's when we saw you on the skimboard, all four of you, including Hool, as a mouse.
0: Yeah, we saw that you had a mouse, and we weren't like, often 12-year-olds will have mice, because that's the kind of thing they give a shit about. We were like, that's definitely Hool.
1: (laughs) Definitely.
0: Uh, So, once they're all on board, we enter into what is effectively going to be the biggest final scare chapter, and also the denouement.
1: Yeah. They tell... Han about the planet and he's like yeah that sounds like bullshit anyway i'm getting out of here and eventually he's just like all right let's uh let's go to sublight and chewie's just like nah my dude we're still in devourin's gravity my friend
0: yeah we're still in orbit and he's like that's impossible i've been blasting away for it for several minutes Uh uh-oh devourin is following us
1: oh no.
0: And that's what's but happening.
1: planets don't move. B-b-b-b- what?
0: Planets move constantly, you dumbass. <laughs> they always move them. Rotationally, orbitally, they're constantly going. Yeah. And, <laughs> and
1: also, just, you know, from the Big Bang, they're moving as well.
0: Yeah, there's also a constant expansion. Although I don't know if the Star Wars galaxy has experienced a Big Bang.
1: Oh. Dash Rendar's there. It has.
0: <laughs> it's had one or two big banks because of his monster dong. <laughs> you see? <laughs> uh, so they get... They're chased by the planet now, and I have so many questions about this. Does the planet have, like, eyes? How is it doing this? And I also, mean, how does it have a propulsion system? Again, how is it doing this? I don't know. I
1: assume it's, I guess, just... St- super farting in the opposite direction to go after them.
0: Yeah, this chapter is really leaving a lot to be desired in terms of the storyline of how the planet does anything at all. Because it's just following them at sublight speed. Like, it's as fast as the Falcon is, and it could just break off its own orbit if it wants to. And as always, I feel like I bring this up every time we get one of these fucking moving planets in Star Wars. No one's addressing how this interacts with the local star that this thing was orbiting around, thus giving them, you know, light when they were on the planet. Yeah, nope. So apparently, I mean,
1: they even bring up again that both of them arrived too soon to the planet, which it takes until the last chapter for them to be like, huh, I guess you weren't a piece of shit, Tash. <laughs> but like, it, even then, if on the star charts they were like, oh, it should be 20 minutes that way by, you know, our ship who goes ridiculously fast. That would drastically change things.
0: Yeah, no, there's so much being, like, questioned here. We we get no idea of... Here's the problem. Here's the other problem we're going to run into. The planet's chasing them, right? So we know that's happening. Obviously, something must be propelling the planet. It can't just be moving. It's not like it's just out there doing the fucking breaststroke. <laughs> so it's being shoved along by something, and... We're getting to our second round of Zach foreshadows how to get out, get everybody out of here by being cool as hell. Because that's right. Because cause Han's big plan is, oh, check this out, kid! Oldest trick in the book, and he like slingshots like in the first episode.
1: Yeah, you remember in chapter one when they had a pilot that slingshotted and it turned out it was the kids playing a vigimo game Mm -hmm. well this time we're doing it for real baby
0: they slingshot around the planet and they get some kind of fucking boost or something and launch themselves thousands and thousands of light years away from it so they can go into light speed if they want to but they have to go around the back of the planet to do this which is the perfect time to be like Hey, how's this fucking thing moving?
1: Yo, let's get a look at the butt of this planet. What's going on here?
0: (laughs) Show me this planet's ass.
1: (laughs) Yo, does this planet got dumps? Or uh, what are we talking here? Are we talking like Pixar mom thick or
0: what? Yeah, it's got dumps and it's also got a problem right now. So there's nothing but barely digested blue dudes and huts coming out the back of it. Just still alive, Smata. Just like, ah! And... But they get away. They fly away from the fucking thing. And as they're getting away from it, they look back at the chaos that has ensued and the planet that's no longer close enough to catch them in their gravity well. And then it starts to morph and change shape.
1: Yeah, it's straight up like the planet is squirming, which Mm -hmm. is real disturbing to think about.
0: I like it. It kind of sounds like when you have like a blob of goop in zero gravity and CGI, Thing, and it's just kind of morphing and bubbling around and changing shape and shit. But oh, then yeah. eventually, it's,
1: uh, it's like a lava lamp.
0: Yeah, it's like a lava lamp. But eventually, it expands dramatically all of a sudden, like gets all huge, and then collapses in on itself and just disappears.
1: It seems that Devourin has devoured itself.
0: Oh, the one meal it could not eat itself. Oh,
1: it died as it lived, Devourin.
0: <laughs> and our heroes are like, wow, I guess it ate itself. That's the end. Oh, ha, ha. what now? Well, oh, Han, boy. Ha- Han does have to get a ch- get a chance in here to go. I have a bad feeling about this, which, which everyone's like, thank you, Han.
1: Thanks. It's good. Someone said that.
0: Yeah. I felt like that was missing. Uh, And that's pretty much the end of the book. I mean, ultimately we get We do have an epilogue. Yeah, we do have an epilogue, but we also get a little bit where Hul's like, I'm sorry, kids, in the future I won't dump you on random planets with murderers.
1: (laughs) Sorry about that.
0: But we still don't get the explanation of what he's doing exactly. I guess we're saving that for the next of these books or something.
1: I guess, because we do still get Tash's like, ooh, I remember Smada's words. I wonder why Hool wants to find these mysterious scientists that created this living planet. Is it to catch them, or join them? Mm. Well, first off, he's not a scientist. He's an anthropologist. That's, That's not a kind real of science. scientist. <laughs> no one creating weird mutant planets is like, oh, good, an anthropologist. Just what we needed.
0: Oh, that's the other thing that we get a discussion of here is a brief discussion about what the fuck the Enzine were. They were like, it's too coincidental that dirt-eating planet Paris fleas would show up on a planet that's full of tasty meat. Yeah, so, they probably were also created. Notably, this is our second Star Wars children's book in a row, and that makes it the second Star Wars children's book in a row to mention mutants. Because kids in the 90s be crazy about mutants.
1: Hell Yeah. You're like, oh, I know what mutants are. Those are the X-Bands. And they're like, sure, why not?
0: Yeah, and if you're the author of the book, you're like, no, it's like the 80s thing. The Ninja Turtles. They were also (laughs) mutants. (laughs) And I I guess if you're an early 80s adult, you're like, no, it's like the Toxic Avenger, I guess. He's the first superhero out of Jersey, you know.
1: (laughs) And then, of course, the very end of this book lets us know that light years away... In the far reaches of the outer rim, there's a commuter starship chugging along, but suddenly, it jumps out of hyperspace with a jolt. That's weird. This beautiful blue-green planet wasn't on any charts before. Bah, bah, bah.
0: <laughs> so I guess we're either led to believe that there's more than one planet that eats people out there, or that Devourin wasn't dying; it was just teleporting somewhere else. Oh, yeah.
1: It's the planet uh, Masticon. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah. So it can just, it can maybe just go wherever it wants and the whole, th- maybe when it teleported, the only thing that didn't teleport was that fucking pendant. Oh, Which it's that- is- never.
1: I assume it's just, we're supposed to believe there are more planets that they made, I guess.
0: Right. I mean, ultimately, the thing that I keep thinking about in this this book isn't so much the plant that eats people, because who gives a shit? Just don't go to it. But I well, have a, I have a lot more questions about the pendant that gives you effective blaster immunity.
1: I mean, they even say at one point, Jude was like, God, I wish I was able to study that thing. That was ridiculous. What a MacGuffin. Too bad
0: it's gone. That's the best thing in this whole story is there's a little necklace you can wear. And when you're wearing it, you and anyone else on your skateboard can't be hit by blasters.
1: Yeah, it gives you a little personal force field. It doesn't require any charging up. It's the size of a pendant and it works 100% of the time.
0: Yeah, so that's that's the real shame that that thing gets thrown away. That's the fucking time turner of this book. Aw. Uh. By the yeah, next but one.
1: there's at least a <laughs> reason why it is not around later.
0: Oh, there's a reason the time turners aren't around later. They get declared too dangerous and boxed, boxed up and hidden in a vault or something. It's yeah, the... it
1: gets declared too useful.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so that's the end of the story. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen next. And here's a sad tale, folks. Neither will you. We're done with this series.
1: Yeah, you'll you're not going to know because A, we're not going to read it and B, all of these Galaxy of Fear books are way more expensive than they
0: really should be. Well, they're more expensive for us than they're worth. Like, we don't get as many episodes out of them cuz they're short and they cost more than the than the big books do.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No one's like, "Oh boy, I want to know what happens next on off-shoot goosebumps for $15."
0: Yeah, so in the future, we're, we're the next book, we're going to be jumping back to something bigger and a little more uh, mainstream out of the expanded universe of uh, novels. And just like last time, we're not going to do a wrap-up episode. Uh, there's just not enough here to have a bunch of good questions and so on about. But we are probably, and I know I haven't discussed this with you yet, John, but, you know, I don't need your input. Uh, we're going to take a week off of the story as well, just like we always do. Yeah which is good we're going to do it because I have one copy of the next book and the other one hasn't shown up in the mail yet.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's less taking a week off and more stalling for time. Mhm.
0: But you know, isn't stalling for time ultimately what podcasting is?
1: That's <laughs> that's really the main focus here, mm-hmm. stalling for time.
0: Mhm. Yeah, yeah, we're we're always just so very 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 very, very very, 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 John, pick it up for me. Very, very. <laughs> you know,
1: at one point in a uh, freshman debate class, mm-hmm. we had to give a debate on a topic of how to. And I did how to stall for time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just improv the whole thing and looked at the clock until I hit the time limit I was supposed to have. And then what? And that sums it up pretty much. Thank you. <laughs>
0: I took one debate class. I was class. a horrible student. <laughs> I took one debate class and got hosed by the fact that my debate topic hinged on a surprise and and, uh, and got hosed by everyone who had already heard me practicing the speech and was like, fuck this sport. Ah, That's the end of that. No debate class. Garbage. No Toastmasters. Ah. If I do nerd stuff in high school, it's going to be academic decathlon. Fuck yes.
1: And it won't be that.
0: It won't be that either. It's going to be water polo. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That's the entire episode of Galaxy of Fear. John, what did you think?
1: Uh, Interesting. Honestly, I I keep calling it a knockoff Goosebumps, but honestly, this is basically the exact same level of writing that you would get from a Goosebumps book.
0: Yeah, I'm trying you to know, think of an example that's closer to the mark, because Goosebumps wasn't about the same two kids for seven books in a row.
1: No, but I mean, just straight up prose writing-wise, this is pretty much the same.
0: Oh, yeah. No, this is definitely, hey, hack out Goosebumps, basically. Like, like you know, when the meeting where they hired John Whitman to write this, they were like, hey, could you Goosebumps it up? Could you give us a Goosebumps
1: in Star Wars and he was like, Yeah, obviously I can. Yeah. I am any sort of writer and I have no dignity. Let me hack that shit up for you.
0: For the record, I would also do that. All the books we've written so far, and John and I have written two, have been shotgun assignments where we didn't really get to pick what we were doing. And I can tell you right now, it's fun and it's fine for us. And I would happily do one that was a dumb Goosebumps Star Wars book.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, if someone came up to us like, hey, can you write a Goosebumps in whatever setting? I'd be like, yeah, sure. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I, d- I doubt there's much to it that matters.
0: Well, John, uh, that's true. I would like you to write a Goosebumps set in the uh, mm, uh, Lolita universe. Can you do that?
1: That's not a universe. <laughs>
0: it's it's got to be more than one book, huh? Yeah. I can't It's got it's gotta be a whole thing. Alright, it's a Goosebumps and it's set in Yaktapotafa County. <laughs> it's
1: a goosebumps and it's set in the greater Nabokov expanded universe.
0: No, I want Faulkner now. Because oh, <laughs> the Faulkner books actually were connected in small ways, so it, it actually does work. Oh great. No, that's that's awesome.
1: I would totally do that. Goosebumps. I'd be like, and then a kid showed up, and he looked in the basement, and his mom was a fish. <laughs> That's right. I've got some As I Lay Dying hot takes for you right now.
0: Something wet and slimy slurped down his collar. Chapter four. It was his <laughs> mom, a fish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, God damn it. There you go. That's, uh... That's about enough out of us. Except for bonus content.
1: That's right. It's never enough. There's always more. And if you go to patreon.com slash systemmastery, you can get even more content.
0: Why at the two dollar level, that's two dollars per episode of System Mastery, so about four bucks a month, you'll unlock bonus episodes for every single one of these expounded universes we do. That means generally Four episodes of bonus content a month. So
1: much content.
0: For, for four bucks. That's a dollar an episode. That's a good deal. And that's not even the actual deal. Because also at two bucks, you have already unlocked the System Mastery bonus content. Two more episodes a month where we make characters of the games that we're reviewing in our other excellent, uh, critically reviled show. <laughs> Actually, more like critically unnoticed. Indeed. Yeah. No one, no one even knows our show exists. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's fine we're not bitter yeah no we're not we're not i mean ultimately what will we submit to is there any single rpg award show that isn't shitty
1: no there isn't anything that we would submit to
0: (laughs) you can't submit to diana jones that's just a bunch of creepy ghosts making up whatever the fuck they want once a year at gen con who gives a shit no offense and also
1: i will never submit
0: also, no offense to anybody who's on like the board of the Diana Jones Award that we might be like friends with and stuff.
1: Oh, uh, full <laughs> offense to them.
0: <laughs> and then what else you got? The Ennies? Eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Specifically, yeah. You specifically, meh. You could put, put quotes around that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want. Uh, I don't want fucking Cartas' leftovers. Fuck them.
1: Yeah, go ahead and give us a quote. Yennies System Mastery says, meh.
0: <laughs> there you have it. Uh, so that's six episodes a month for like 75 cents each at, when you boil it down. That's at the $2 level. There's even more bonus content to be unlocked at the $5 level. Come join us. We are less than $150 from hitting the stupidest goal we ever set. Set. It's true. Yeah, we're like 135 bucks away from buying a goddamn pig. We have to do it. We. It was a joke, folks. It was a joke. <laughs> and now we have to. It do was it. a
1: joke, and I regret it every day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so go support us, patreon.com slash systemmastery. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this silly goosebumps Star Wars for kids, and we'll see you again real soon. Until then, I've been Elan Slea's Boggiano. And
1: I love sweet skimboard tricks.